disrupt your life. Okay. Um, I think that each person anxiety is different. You don't have, you know, we have something that we call generalized anxiety disorder and that's when you just worry about everything. Mm -hmm. Everything and it's not just worrying about everything. So people always try to diagnose themselves. A, a diagnosis of anxiety comes when it begins to interfere with your everyday life. Mm -hmm. So whether it's going to work or whether it's affecting you at work or whether it's affecting you at home where you're not engaging or in your personal life, it's something where it's bothering you to have it. Mm -hmm. And that's when we suggest people seek treatment, okay? So we have anxiety in our lives every day. It's sure. what we call stress. Mm -hmm. And we worry about things like paying a bill sometimes or, you know, uh, meeting obligations in our lives. But it's when those worries become so much that they begin to impact us and our health that we need to seek treatment. So I want to want to be clear on what that. What are some of the signs of that? Yeah, so anxiety will play out for different people. Usually we we look for like fast heartbeats where people are worried that they're going to have a heart attack mm -hmm. or you know uh, sweating or you know feeling anxious, feeling like the world's about to end, racing thoughts you know, just worries that you can't control. So, you know, sometimes you're worried about something and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna put that to the side, but this is constant. Um, you're unable to arrest it. And those are all signs that anxiety has gotten out of control. Mm. Yeah. Waking up gasping for breath, like you said, in the middle of the night, waking up, you know, not being able to rest, you know, insomnia. Sometimes even changes in appetite can happen. So a lot of anxiety can affect you in a lot of ways. So how do, how do we manage it? How do we, first of all, determine that it's anxiety, and then how do we manage it? Well, you don't determine it, a doctor does. Okay. <laughs> you go to your so doctor. So you should go and talk to somebody yes. about it, not just live with it and think that it's spiritual. It literally is whatever promoting your thoughts or whatever, because again, it, it causes your cortisol levels to rise in your body. Mm -hmm. um, it, it triggers your fight or flight, you know, parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system. Mm -hmm. which is part of your brain. Yeah, so your fight or flight. So this is a part of your body trying to accommodate that anxiety, first of all. Okay. So if you're feeling that way and you know it's not your normal and you're finding that you can't use all the tricks, whatever tricks you might have, some people see they're using the wrong tricks. They're mm -hmm. drinking or they're smoking something mm -hmm. to chill out. And I don't encourage those ways of navigating it. Um, there are a variety of ways. Cognitive behavioral therapy is 
shown to be very good at arresting some of that and helping you. Uh, there are medications out there. You can start a low-dose medications. And so when you start to talk about medication for treating uh, what we consider a mental illness when it all just falls under illness, really, uh, people will take a pill for diabetes, but they don't want to go to the doctor for depression or anxiety. Um, and it's all illness. It's mm -hmm. all the ways that our bodies and the way this environment plays out in our bodies, and it produces this reaction. Mm -hmm. And they can be, you know, some people can take insulin or a pill until they manage it on their own, right? Mm -hmm. so, so for some people, their pancreas is working fine uh, without it if they manage all the other risk factors for diabetes. Well, sometimes you, you only need the pill for depression for a while, and if you're getting good relief from up some of the other coping skills, but it's to help you engage, because a lot of times with depression, you don't want to engage in anything, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so with anxiety, it's the same thing. You're afraid of everything. You can't make decisions, right? That's one of the big things is, I have this decision to make, this or that, and it's like you're frozen because you're so anxious about what's gonna happen with go this way, you go that way. Mm -hmm. And anxiety can paralyze you that way. Mm -hmm. And so, what's the difference between anxiety and depression? There, I always think of them as quite a bit different because with anxiety, I feel like you're still revved up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still like, you're like this, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And depression, you're like this, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think of them differently. Mm -hmm. um, depression is the one that most often will lead to suicidal thoughts and that is one of the dangers. And it's more often to lead people not to talk to others. It seems like people will mention that they're anxious much more easily than they'll mention that they're depressed. Now why is that? Do I think, find it to be a stigma? I mean, is there something wrong with being depressed? Yeah, I think people, I mean, look at social media. Everybody has a fabulous life on social media, That's right? such a lie. Such a lie. But we have bought into that lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, people have always bought into the lie that if you're not living somebody else's life, you're not living your best life. Mm -hmm. And so we never learn to be happy in the moment with what we have right here, right now. We're always planning. I mean, think about your friends. And if you sat for a moment and thought about conversations, are they about what's happening in this moment or are they about what's gonna happen in the future? Hmm. So we never, we don't live in the moment. We're living ahead of time. Like, or the past. Or, or the past. Um, and so depression is the thing that people don't want anybody to, you know, because it means you're down. Anxiety just means you're worried. Mm -hmm. Depression just means you're out, you don't have control of your emotions and you're so sad and nobody wants to be around you. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about the blue cloud over your head. Yeah. yeah. And so, or the gray cloud over your head. And so, uh, it's something people don't talk about a lot in our community, especially. Sure. Um, but in our society, and, and that's why you have people like the Royals mm -hmm. who have made that a platform. Mental health is something that, that is important. You have more and more actors coming out saying, I'm bipolar, I have, not I am, because you're not your illness. Mm -hmm. I have this disease, it does not have me. Mm -hmm. I me, mm -hmm. Dr. Montgomery, mm -hmm. I have anxiety, mm -hmm. but I am not an anxiety anxious person. I'm right. not gonna say that, mm -hmm. right? And so we don't think of people, they're not a depressed person, they have depression. Mm -hmm. You have a brain chemistry that's off, mm -hmm. and it can be corrected or helped to be adjusted with medications mm -hmm. and with therapy. I think that a lot of people don't understand though, 
that anxiety and depression are actually more physiological than psychological, would you say? Well, I mean, everything is physiological and psychological. You can't separate them. Yeah, but I think most people do. I think they yeah, see it as an emotional thing mm -hmm. or a spiritual thing. Yeah. And they don't know that uh, hormones in their body might be off and that it's okay because it's physiological. It's, it's the yeah. body. Yeah, let me tell you about these things called serotonin. Mm -hmm and norepinephrine mm -hmm. and uh, dopamine mm -hmm. and you know acetylcholine. Facebook wants you to have experience every two seconds dopamine. Yeah, that's yeah. your feel good drug. Yeah. Uh, but your brain and your body produces those naturally and our brains need those neurotransmitters, that's what they are. Uh, they need it, uh, our brains need it to function and for us to as holistically function. Because if our brain's not functioning properly, nothing else is, can function sure. properly. Um, and so I think people don't really understand that there's a reduction or an increase in one neurotransmitter with a decrease in another one that causes this imbalance. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough of that neurotransmitter left in the brain to produce uh, a homeostasis. Mm -hmm. So meaning meaning that your normal original. your normality okay. to keep things uh, a okay at the homestead you know mm -hmm. so if you if you have an imbalance in those the drugs are what's meant to make more of that accessible for your brain so that uh, transmitters can transmit and do what they do to bind to the receptors okay. and blah 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 mm -hmm. right we don't need to know the scientific things behind it but just understand that there is a scientific thing behind it and it has to do with something your body naturally produces mm -hmm. and it's an imbalance in the availability of those neurotransmitters in your brain. Now that should let everybody off the hook. You see, it's not your fault. Go get some medicine, it's okay? It's okay. And talk to someone, Yeah. Uh, preferably a professional. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay, I mean, people think that you have to be laying on the couch or they don't know what to expect and when people come in, I'm, I wanna know about you. Yeah. I want to know who who are you? What do you want out of your life? I don't want to go anywhere in therapy that you're not needed to go. I'm mm -hmm. not. I don't need to dig into your family history unless you there's something in there that you want to talk about that may be affecting you now. So okay. if you're having these problems, it's because somewhere you're not coping, mm -hmm. and there's different reasons for that. Um, but we can teach you ways to cope with those symptoms so that you can arrest them before it becomes a panic attack or before it gets out of control. Um, and so that's what we do in therapy, um, is we work with you on the best way for you to work within therapy. And as clinicians, we really try to fit uh, our styles to the patient needs and not the patient to what we do, right? And so... But what if you can't afford? Yeah, there are so many, there's no excuse at this point, because there's so many, there's internet ways that you can have someone to talk to. Uh, there are sliding scale places okay. for you to go to and get services. Um, there are just, there are support groups that you can go to. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times at hospitals, you're a doctor nowadays. Well, in, in the US, at UCLA, which is where I am, doctors, a lot of times we'll have groups with their patients that are all having symptoms mm -hmm. and they'll have this one hour thing where you can come in and you have other people okay. that are like-minded 
in the same room talking and learning these techniques. Mm -hmm. So now doctors are much more aware of how depression and anxiety keep people in their waiting room. Mm -hmm. And that's why you guys can't get an appointment with the doctor. Mm. Because people are coming in with these physical things that sometimes have been caused by the anxiety and the depression. And if you have an autoimmune problem, if you have high blood pressure, if you have any of those things, a chronic illness is going to be impacted by any uh, any mental illness that you might be dealing with. And the longer you ignore that part of your life, the more you're going to see uh, those particular chronic illnesses not being controlled well. So what would you say are the three most important things for someone suffering with anxiety and depression? Breathe. <laughs> Breathe, there is help for you. Um, yeah, it's not something that's easily, as you know at this point, if you have anxiety or depression, it's not easily managed without help. So recognizing and accepting that help is okay. It's good for you. There's no shame. No shame. Deciding for yourself, talk to your doctor about whether medicine is an option for you. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was an option for me for a long time. And the doctor said something very smart. She was like, you don't need this medicine now. If you didn't take it, I'm not worried about you going out doing anything crazy. Mm -hmm. She said, but you're suffering. Mm -hmm. You are suffering. And you know that this is complicating some other things. Mm -hmm. If you take the medicine, it may relieve some of that. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see a, a change. So besides medicine, are there other, I mean, is it exercise? Yes. Are there other Exercise, exercise, and everybody wants to exercise though. Okay. But there are a million types of therapy. If you're creative or you wanted to learn something creative or do art, even if you're not a good artist, doing those kinds of creative things can help you arrest some of those. Uh, it's basically distraction from the worry, okay. right? Same thing with depression. Mm -hmm. You can use those things as a distraction and it pulls you out of that place into a place that's providing pleasurable activities for you. So yeah, exercise is one of the things that people do to kind of like burn off anxiety. Um, so that's, I will always say exercise is good. It's good for dementia, in fact. Um, and exercise activates dopamine chance, the dopamine uh, neurotransmitters, because it's a feel good. Uh, no, it's endorphins. It releases endorphins, which is the feel, one of the other feel good things um, that we have in our body. Um, creative things are, you know, uh, I think awareness is a big thing. So being aware where you are. Mm -hmm. So even if you wake up today and you were to say, on a scale of one to 10, what is my anxiety level? Some days it's gonna be closer to a 10. Some days it might actually be closer to a four or a three. Mm -hmm. uh, but knowing those high stress days and finding activities during the day that can help you center yourself and being present in the moment. Uh, meditation, mm -hmm. I really encourage meditation because it helps you get in touch with where you are. You can do guided imagery, you can do uh, breathing exercises. Um, one of my big things I train my clients with is a trigger word. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people at home, if you think about this, if you're an anxious person and you, I want you to think about your shoulders and I want you to lift your shoulders up as high as you can, mm -hmm. right? And I want you to relax them. Mm -hmm. This is what relaxation feels like. So if you're sitting there and your muscles are like this and you drop them, then you know you've been holding tension, mm -hmm. right, in your shoulders. 
So being aware of when you are mm -hmm. tense and knowing that, okay. And so I teach people to breathe and I tell them to pick a trigger word. So when they're feeling that, you know, feelings of anxiety, they can say whatever their trigger word is and their body will respond. Mm -hmm. But none of the meditation techniques, none of those things can work if you don't learn them before you are actually experiencing the emotion. It's hard to learn, it's hard for me to say to you, okay, just breathe deep, you're having an anxiety attack. Right. You don't wanna hear that, you're like, help me. Yeah. You know, it's harder to teach those techniques that are really meant to be learned and applied mm -hmm. versus having the attack and trying to learn them in the same moment. Mm -hmm. So there are a ton of apps. Okay. Um, breathe and relax is one of the ones that I recommend. Uh, it's a US one and then there's another one called Breathe and if you've never done it before it's a very good app because it, give, it takes you through as a beginner, has you check in with your mood, mm -hmm. you can do two minutes and you can do five minutes, it works no matter what. Um, they have one for sleep on there so they have a number of different types and you can go through them and they, they all work. They're and the same thing with depression as well. Depression as well, if you're feeling depressed. Um, getting in touch with the moment, but I really feel like uh, depression is something that you need to identify cognitive distortion, so things that we tell ourselves that's not true when we're depressed, like I suck, or I'm never going to amount to anything, or all those negative things that we say, that negative self-talk, um, is one of the reasons that keeps the cycle going, is what we believe in cognitive behavioral therapy. So I encourage people to, to see someone um, for that, for sure, because it's hard to, to say here, these are the tools you can use if you're depressed. Mm -hmm. um, and you need someone, I need, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, saying to anyone, I think you just need to see a professional because I'm talking to you as an expert, not as your treating doctor. And only the person that's treating you will be able to help you understand what you need to help you get to where you need to get to, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there are apps, there are online communities uh, that are professionals that offer online services. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you want to look up meditation for depression or things like that, there are free things out there. I just say, uh, be careful because every, everybody doesn't have, they haven't been trained, mm -hmm. right? And I think uh, the training that we undergo as professionals is not, a cookie cutter thing sure. uh, you know there's several years involved mm -hmm. and we understand how the illnesses work with the brain and how that works with emotion um, and we're trained to consider all those things when we're working with people there's just so much it's, it's too much for you to treat yourself I think but there are some tools that you can use to help manage them until you're able to get help I think so the biggest tool would be as you were saying, you visited London and on the train they said, what was it? See it, say it, and sort, sort it. it. <laughs> so let us own it, own it, and sort it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>